BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, I'm Ariana Maddox, reality TV star, author, mixologist, and major daydreamer. My show, Earth to Ariana, is where we can all get lost in conversation together. Whether it's the weird things we fangirl over or our trauma and triumphs, we all have a story to tell, including you. We really are all connected, and I can't wait to explore these conversations with you. Every week, we will be putting on our comfiest PJs, circling up with a cocktail, and chatting with fans and friends alike. We might even get a little too comfortable. Check out Earth to Ariana anywhere you listen to podcasts. We release new episodes every week. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome to Divorce Not Dead, and I'm super excited to have my castmate and now very, very close friend, Caroline Brooks. Caroline, I've got so many questions and so many things that I want to ask you just about your life and how you've achieved everything, and because I'm so proud of having sort of seen you go from point A to B in such a short period of time, even with me. But before I get there, I know that, you know, for all the fans out there, who are going to see that I have you on and who don't understand our relationship and don't understand the friendship maybe we've built and what's been going on in the show in Housewives. I think let's clarify a little few things, but let's not make this whole thing about Housewives because I really feel that you have an amazing story to tell and that everyone should hear. Hi. So, So Caroline, I mean, obviously this is new for you and going into uh, reality TV, nothing can really prepare you for it. Tell me about your relationship with the girls before, because I know that you were quite close and now it's sort of, it's kind of flipped that we're, you know, we were the unlikely bedfellows and we're now really good friends and we're sort of not with the others. Yeah, it's, it's shifted completely. You know, before we started filming Housewives, I had somewhat of a friendship, you know, with Lisa, like we, we were, we were friends. We've known each other for a long time and we got a little bit, you know, closer around the time when we started filming the show, you know, we had some of some mutual friends in Dubai, but when we started filming, 
think shifted a little bit. It took a shift because naturally, of course, I got along with you great from the first day we ever met. And I felt as though the girls kind of didn't like that, you know, especially Ion. I think she kind of had a chip on her shoulder when it came to you for some reason. And it caused a, a rift in the circle. And I didn't realize that every time we would all hang out or anytime you and I would film something that they would talk about us after, you know, or they would, they would carry information to you and carry information to me. And it actually just made us all kind of divided. And that's not really a happy environment, you know? And so as time went on, I just decided to, you know, be with the friends that I feel like showed me the most support and love. And I don't feel like I got that from them, you know, and I definitely felt like I got that from you from the moment that we ever started hanging out and being friends. And I was like, you know, she's always good to me. I don't know what you guys see wrong in her. You know, I felt like from before we even started filming, you know, they wanted to take you down. And and to me, I was a part of that because I didn't know you that well. Right. I've known you in like social circles in Dubai. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. People do say Caroline Sanbury's rude. She's cold. She's this, she's that. And then, you know, to, to put the cherry on top when Ayan would say, you know, she's horrible to me. She doesn't want me on the show. She doesn't this. She doesn't. And I was like, okay, well, I know Ayan more and I'm going to stick with Ayan. Just address that for a second, because I did, as time went on, find out that there was a pact, obviously, to get rid of me. But, you know, Chanel has uh, gone on and on and on and talked to people about the fact that I called her for an hour, told her that I was way too famous and that she shouldn't do this show. For those of you that know me at all, I doesn't even it's not it's just so not something I would say. But even just say I did. For a minute, let's just play with it and say I did. She was like, "It's." I told her it was for my friends and family. Well, I think it's clear, very clear that, you know, most of you are new friends. And I wasn't aware until everybody else, you know, even who had a contract and who hadn't. So I definitely didn't. Well, Ayan was the last one to receive a contract, right? So she was meant to be a friend of the show. But then when the other woman decided not to do the show, which we, I won't say her name, that's when Ayan ended up getting a contract, a full-time contract. So she was the last one to receive a contract to do our show. You know, everybody knows that. It's no secret. You understand what I mean? She was meant to be a friend of. I don't know any of that. But what I do know is that the conversation she's saying happened didn't happen. It actually was our mutual friend, Joey, who suggested we talk because he said, you know, she's crazy, you're crazy, and there's going to be fireworks, and that you, you know, no matter what, there'll be a show there. Well, there you go. He was right in some way, shape, or form. But he said, you'll probably get on. He wasn't right. But that's why I, <laughs> I actually called her, because I didn't know anyone going into it, you know, or didn't know who was there except her, because I found out by mistake because of him. So I was like, okay. So, you know, and I think she just asked me what it was like. And clearly, I again, I'm coming back. So why would I deter somebody? There's no one else I'd actually have put in there that I thought about so that hadn't, you know, put themselves in there already in the ring. So, you know, that that just annoys me. Then I found out that there was this sort of pact as well to get rid of me, which, you know, has been made very clear to me. And as you said, Caroline, you didn't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure 100 percent get rid of kind of maybe get rid of or and or just dampen you a little bit because they felt as though you were coming in hot. And like, you know, like Ayan had spread amongst all of us girls that you said the show was supposed to be all about you. Hmm. And so we were like, no, this is an ensemble cast. That's not the case. It's not the type that of show. That would have been Caroline's so had- show, wouldn't it? 
Right. And so she had said that to all of us and naturally it ruffled some feathers. You know, of course, even Sarah Madani was approached to be a part of this quote unquote takedown. You know, if we want to label it as that or whatever we want to call it, you can call it what you want to. There was just conversations had to just basically put you down. Mm-hmm. And when I got to know you really well, I I was no longer in agreement with that. And after that, I can see the fading of the friendship between me and the other girls because I was like, you know what? I like Caroline and I'm going to be her friend because I like her. I have my own opinion. It's my life. I can decide. I'm not a child and I'm not in high school. So that surely pissed them off because it's like they're, they're this little clique. If you're not with us, you're against us. You're our enemy, you know? So it's like, come on, girls. This is, this is freaking ridiculous. We're adults and we are actually a group of friends. We, some of us get on some days. Some of us don't, you know? And Ayan, I try and I try and I try with her. She irritates the living daylights out of me, but I feel like she also is somewhat kind of reasonable at times. I do feel as though she's manipulated and easily influenced. That is my take on Ion. I agree. And I think, you know, again, when I get on with a one-on-one with Ion, we're fine. And then I wake up in the morning and then the wind's... Same. And it, that, Same. That's what I one-on-one, find always good. Yeah. I find the change exhausting because you just like, you think you've got somewhere and then you just haven't. And, you know, again, I don't uh, like I, if there's a season two and if we all get to do it, I, you know, which I hope obviously that we do. And, you know, there is, there is a lot of connection there. There has been, there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of, of course we have a season two. We know that we have a season two. You know, naturally, I mean, we, none of us hate each other. You know what I mean? But but there is in season two, there's going to be a lot called a lot called out because a lot of things happened post show and a lot to discuss. You know, yeah, I think a lot, there's of a lot to talk about have been exposed and a lot of our, you know, uh, we have just been constantly kicked. And I think, you know, it's time to maybe, you know, sort of hold other people accountable for what the things or big statements that they make. I agree. You know, I feel like big statements could be made. And then when we respond, we're the bad guys. I don't stand for that. You know, I I have my own opinion. I know what happened. I have facts. I have, you know, quote unquote receipts to back it up. You understand what I mean? So I know what happened. We all know the truth. And Ayan and Lisa have a lot of explaining to do. Because what they've done is they've gone to everybody and spoken about everybody. And then after they've done that, we've compared notes. I wasn't friends with Sarah and Nina at all until they came to me and let me know what was being said about me. They didn't owe me that. And they did it anyway to say, hey, watch out. We're concerned because every time we speak to these girls, they speak so horribly about you. And then the next time we look on social media, with your child in their home playing, be careful. Then I was like, but wait a minute, they speak badly about you too. You know, it just gets a little icky. It's exhausting because, you know, I think we all genuinely do want to. And I I know that we've just got such a lovely friendship now. And, you know, and I, I really believe that, you know, I mean, you're on Divorce Not Dead and Divorce Not Dead is all about empowering women and giving women a voice. And, you know, I invited you on to have your voice, but also to celebrate the things that you have done and where you've gone. 
And I feel like we haven't quite got there in this yet, which is so weird, you know, because we're individually, we're all good people. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like the word jealousy gets tossed around a lot Lots. with these women as if you're meant to be jealous of anything they have going on in their life or myself. Me, as a single mom and as a divorcee, I work incredibly hard to build my businesses and to build my, my life and provide a life for my son that, that I feel like is something I could have wished, you know, for him when I gave birth to him. You know, I wanted a good life. I wanted a wholesome family. Of course, unfortunately, I divorced, but I knew I was going to make it, you know, and there's absolutely nothing in either one of these women's lives that I'd want nothing. So when they toss around the word, you're jealous, you're jealous of our friendship. I care less about their friendship. I have great friends. You know, I consider Ayan to be a friend and I have great friends. I, I have you. I have a wonderful friendship with Sarah, Nina, and you. And why would any of us be what they have going on? What? Like, I don't understand how that word is so loosely tossed around as if we're not busy working women and entrepreneurs and mothers. The only thing that sort of irks me, I suppose, is knowing, you know, the 50-year-old influencer thing. I mean, you know, those of you out there, and there's a lot of you out there listening, who know me and you've followed me since Ladies of London. I mean, my lifestyle hasn't changed. You've seen my children grow up. You've seen my houses. You've seen my offices. You've seen the people I employed, the work I do, the shoe line I have, you know, the, the podcast I have. I think I'm a little bit more than that at this stage of my life. But again, absolutely, you know, these women seem to think that it's okay to diminish someone else's shine to raise themselves. And I think, you know, I just wanted to get that across before we go into your amazing story, Caroline. Yeah. And I feel like, again, Caroline, we all have things like traumas and all of that stuff. And I know, you know, watching the show back, I, you also, you also, we get to see some of the fans reactions and I could see the fans reacting and saying, wow, you know, members have been through so much trauma in their life. And maybe it looks like we don't support them. And I'm just thinking in my head, hey, we're not getting along right now. And we all have traumas in our life. And I feel like it wasn't fair for the way that people would judge us for maybe not speaking out. How, how could we speak out when a person is just trying to crucify us in the media with lies? You understand what I mean? And yes, we have great things going on in our life. So we'd like to focus on that, opposed to focus on negative people who are just trying to bash us. And I like to focus on the wonderful things that I have in my life, building my salon and spa, the first all-inclusive one in Dubai, which caters to women of all colors, you know, all sizes, and to all women. And such a wonderful chapter in my life. And I would hate for that to be overshadowed by negative lies in the press by so-called friends of mine, you know? It won't be, Caroline, because the truth always wins in these situations. And I, you know, that's one thing that if I want to um, lord over you that I've done it before, I've done it before. And the truth wins. Just know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody knows the truth in terms of you. You have multiple businesses. Okay. People want to poke and call you an influencer. You are an influencer. Sure. But that's not all you are. You're an entrepreneur. You have many companies. And I don't think that people fully understand how the show works in general, the business side of our show. Not all of our businesses get shown on our television show. You understand what I mean? 
that, that, that is a business as well. You know, we can't show everything. So, you know, it's not, they don't film us 24 hours, seven days a week for 365 days. So you don't get to see all of our businesses and all of that stuff. So for people to just label you as just one thing is so inaccurate. I get to see your day-to-day life and I get to see it all. And I'm like, I don't know how you juggle. I don't. I just don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how you do it. I'm overwhelmed with just building my spa and my one child. You have three children. You have your homes to run, your businesses to run. You're pulled in so many different directions and you still manage to do it. I mean, you know, it's incredible to me. Thank you. Karen. And I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. Proud. I'm that's proud what, of us. Although Housewives and the show is a part of our lives and I'm, you know, I can't wait to do it again with all of you. I hope that you'll see, or we're all going to see as much as, you know, the drama is part of it, that we're going to get more fun this season. We're going to have more, you know, I know that whatever happens with you, me, Sarah, Nina, you know, that we are, we're, we're, we're really, really good, you know, and that's not to say everything else can change with anyone else, but, you know, right now I know we're going in, you know, on a good foot. Absolutely. We're all actually in a pretty good place. I'm happy that everybody got to air out a lot of their grievances in reunion, but I don't feel like we addressed everything. But I think on season two, we'll be able to, you know, iron out a few things that are still there. You know, we do want to, you know, address certain things that are bothering us. And and there's always room for that when we start filming again. For now, it's good that we're taking a deep breath and a little break from each other because things got a little bit tense. But yeah, we do have to address certain things. Certain things are simply not okay. And we can't just let it go. So I'm I'm looking forward to season two because I feel like, number one, we're going to have a ton of fun. You know, we didn't have enough time to show all the viewers how much fun we truly have together as a group. We have we have a really good time. And then number two, there's a lot of things that we need to address with the girls. It's not if we're going to have a genuine friendship and all trust each other, then certain things cannot happen anymore. A hundred percent. Thank you, Caroline. You've been amazing. And let's get into the main. Yeah. Your main story and how you started, because I'm fascinated. I mean, Caroline, I asked the audience to sort of put some questions together for you and for me and for the show. And I don't want to sort of harp on the show too much or anything like that. But I think, you know, as an introduction to everybody, you know, obviously when we film a show like Housewives, because we have six ladies, you only get to see certain aspects of our lives. And obviously the most entertaining ones make it onto the show and the rest ends up on the cutting room floor, which is, you know, completely normal. And as time goes on, different elements of our lives will, you know, come alive. You have had a polarizing, you know, very strong start to the show. You know, people, uh, you're a little bit like me. People like you or they hate you. There is not much in between for both of us. We're like No in between. No in between. It's love or hate or they hate to love. So it's fine. Not a bad place to be, by the way. Better be talked about than not talked about. But I think, you know, where we sort of see you and you and I have discussed it on and off camera, actually, about, you know, some of the things you say, like, I think one of your most iconic lines is it's expensive. To, what was it expensive to leave me? It's expensive to cheat on me was mm-hmm. one of the things I said that made a lot of noise. A lot of people were like, what does that mean? And it caused a lot of buzz when I said that. 
Yeah, and I remember you and I had a long talk about it because you were like, as always happens on Housewives or any of these shows, if you haven't been on reality TV before and you're sort of thrown into the deep end, you kind of sometimes you can wake up and go, fuck, what did I just say? Or yeah, how are people going to think of that? What are they going to think of me? And I remember you having sort of this blind panic phone call, like, should I, shouldn't I, you know, should I cause a fuss? Should I have it taken out? And I'm like, no, it's fucking fabulous. I've never heard anyone say this. I mean, frankly, what does it mean? So when I said it's expensive to cheat on me, I mean, literally it meant exactly that. I was in a long-term relationship with my ex and not my ex-husband. And when I say my ex on the show, I think people are getting confused with the fact that I have more than one ex. After my marriage ended five and a half years ago, I certainly moved on. So I have other exes than my ex-husband. My ex after my ex-husband, he cheated. And you know we had built a life together and I got accustomed to a certain life being with him. And, you know, he kind of stripped me of what I was doing because it was, you know, in his, you know, eyes a little bit beneath what he does. And he kind of wanted me to be there for him. Okay. We build a life together and he decides to step out of our relationship and do something that, that would definitely damage our relationship. But we had a lot of plans and things that we were supposed to do together. Long story short, you know, I made the decision that I wanted to leave the relationship, but when I was leaving, I was certainly not going to leave without everything that we said we were going to do. And I didn't want to do it with him anymore. And he understood why he knew he was at fault and he settled me. So when I say it's expensive to cheat on me, I mean that it was like an inconvenience cost. Yes. You know, you cheated and I'm not walking away with nothing a second time. I walked away from my marriage with nothing this time. No. You know, so I put my foot down and I was like, no, I, you know, I quit my job for you. I did all these things for you. And he was like, I understand. So I'm going to do what I have to do as a man and I'm going to make sure you're okay. And that's what he did. Seven figures wise. <laughs> you know, and I think that's incredibly interesting. And also, you know, you and I've also talked about this because uh, actually the, the famous Chanel Ian fight, I think on uh, oh, yeah. Nurai Island, that was yeah. actually about you and me. That was actually, when it was, it. it was a conversation you and I were having nothing to do with Chanel where they were saying you're a kept woman. And I was saying, well, you know, you actually aren't. They've decided those men who are independent men and all get on now for when I've spoken to one of them at least. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with all due respect, you have a relationship with them. And I know how hard it is just having one ex. So the fact that you've managed to keep all of them on side working together and actually want to invest in you. For me, I was like, I'm kind of impressed, you know. And I feel like that got lost, Caroline. When you were saying that in the ride, that is exactly the conversation we were having at that table. And somehow when we watched it on the show, it shifted into it being about Ion. But in reality, you were like, no, you know, I had like, you know, my eyes were open today when I was driving to Narai Island with her or yesterday, it was the day before, when I got to speak to one of the exes and I asked him outright, does she have something over you? Why are you doing this for her? I and he basically well. said, put him on. Yeah. And I said, blink twice if you're being held hostage. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He was sitting yeah. in, his in his Versace robe, eating his breakfast, looking exactly, first of all, very handsome, got to be honest, and very happy and at ease with his relationship with her whatever it may be. And I don't think you should put another woman down for whatever relationship you come out with a relationship. I think that the fact that you have any sort of relationship with a man that you don't have a child with 
that you have absolutely no reason to stay in contact or do anything with is admirable because, you know, you did love each other at one point, whether it, you know, and this goes for everybody, not just for Caroline, you know, you loved each other at one point and it's sad when things come to the end that you have to, you know, it's considered unnormal. It's considered, you know, weird that you'd have any sort of relationship. And the fact that this man still wants to invest in you, I don't know how long it's been, years on, I think, or you're still great friends, you know, yeah. is testament to, to you. And I, that's, kind of what Divorce Not Dead's about. Because I always say, you know, even though you weren't married to him and he's not your ex-husband, that, you know, that's what you want with your ex-husband too. Because at the end of the day, when you've got children, you know, there is no such thing as divorce in life. And, you know, you've gone into business with your ex, your exes, all of your exes, which is- Yeah, well, the ex-boyfriend who invested is the one who said, we're going to hire your ex-husband as the contractor. He's the best in Dubai. And- Everybody works together. They speak every day. They're friends. They hang out in Dubai. They're good. They both, I'm sure, have a laugh over me and say, we both dodge a bullet there. You know, so when none of us are in a relationship, we have no intimate relationship, but we're all friends. And they just know my work ethic and they know what I am and who I am as an entrepreneur. And in our relationships, I've added a lot of value to both my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriends, both of them. And with that, they know who I am and, and they didn't want to let that go. They know she's a great business partner. She's a very smart, savvy woman. And that's kind of what's behind it. That's why people wonder, how did she do that? You know, I get blocked by exes when they break up with me. Well, me, I don't fight with people when I break up with them. I take a few minutes with my girlfriends. I fight with my guy boyfriend. I won't fight. I'll take a few minutes to decompress and just gather my thoughts and figure it out because we were in a relationship. So that's kind of how it lasts, you know, in la an everlasting friendship, I hope, you know. And I think, I think women out there should really, really listen to this because it is sometimes a breakup and a move on can be an opportunity. You know, it doesn't have to be this death and this loss because maybe there are still things that you can keep or maybe you are better business partners than lovers or maybe you're better parents, you know, co-parents than you are living together. You know, I 100%. always say that, you know, my relationship, I mean, I'm still not there completely there with my ex because it, it just depends on how the wind blows. But, you know, I do believe that I'm in the right place, you know, and and that's it. I, and and being able to have the balls. Now, this is, you know, the really, I think that the question for you, because obviously, you know, let's go back to your first marriage. And I know that it wasn't an easy one. And I'm for those of you that sort of haven't watched the show, Caroline had a sort of quite a hard, abusive marriage from what I've understood verbally, physically, all of it. And, yeah. which, you know, her ex-husband has apologized very publicly, which is lovely. And, yeah. you know, how do you, you were quite young then, Caroline, tell, tell people the story of how sort of how you've got to where you are. Sure. So I got married at 21 years old. I moved from, I was actually doing an internship in New York when I met my ex-husband and I kind of took the move from America to Dubai. I'm from Boston originally. And I was married at 21, had my son. Just for people, did your family have money? Like, how did you start? Like, what's your background? Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm from, uh, I would say, I would say a upper middle class family. I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, which is a predominantly upper-class Jewish city, you know, so I grew up 
in a really nice city in Massachusetts, one of the top 10 richest cities, I think, in America. But we right, we certainly were not the richest family. But my family was working class and they did pretty well for themselves. And yeah, it was. I had a great childhood. I had a great upbringing. Naturally, you know, I come from a big family. So I could have always craved more attention from my mom and all that stuff. And that's where that conversation in that scene with Sarah and my friends went totally wrong. Sarah assumed, she kept saying, break the cycle. And I'm like, there is no cycle. You know, my mom is amazing. You guys got to see her on the show. And, you know, Sarah's one of my closest friends now. She since apologized for that because that was that was a, a big stretch and a big leap to make that assumption. You know, I have a great family. I have a great upbringing. I have a great support system. I don't think that the issues came anything from my family. It was more so from the ex-husband more than anything. That's where the traumas in my life came from. If there were any, it came from him, not from my loving parents, you know? So that that really pissed me off. And you guys saw me go from zero to 100 because I'm very protective of my family, you know? So I got really upset. But um, yeah, that's, I got married at 21. Our marriage was great until I got pregnant. So it's almost like the honeymoon phase. And like he was, I don't want to say pretending, but he was not who I thought he was. Then I got pregnant and it's like, I think in his mind, it's like, she's here. Now I have her. We have a child. She's not going anywhere. Like now I'm locked in. You know, I, I, for lack of a better word, I lived in a golden cage. You know, I had everything. I had it all, but I had nothing at the same time I was empty. So I was broken. I was empty. I was young. My family was against me marrying him. And so I didn't feel like I could run back to them for refuge because they were against it. I had something to prove, you know, I was hiding. And then, you know, a few years into our marriage, we ended up moving to Serbia for two years. And I feel like that's where that was the breaking point. When we lived in Belgrade is where everything went down. Just being isolated from your family, do you think it got worse? I mean, you didn't have your support system. You just, you know, I also say that if a marriage is on the way out or broken or, you know, you're moving as well, children don't help. And it's very funny because people tend to have babies to save a marriage and they don't. And I want to make that abundance like buying a puppy for Christmas. You know, it's just doesn't do what it's what you think it's going to do. And it's a lot more yeah. hard work and it's very expensive. And it's, it's just a lot of things to add pressure to an already pressurized scenario, I presume. And is that yeah. where the first sort of abuse started for you? No, that started really early on, like the verbal abuse and everything. I mean, even from when I was pregnant, I ended up leaving. We had issues during our marriage early days. I mean, our son was planned. You know, we were we wanted to start a family. Of course, he was my husband. I wanted to start a family. I was so happy to have a baby. And um, it just didn't make things any better. He was an angry person. He was just always angry. There's nothing we could do as a family where he'd be happy or be positive. In my third trimester, I back to Boston to be with my family. I knew I wanted to give birth in Massachusetts with my family. So yeah, we had a lot of issues earlier on. My ex-husband actually didn't get to make it back to America in time for the birth of Adam. And that's when you guys saw in Housewives that my best friend, Brian Islebacher, was the one who was in the delivery room and cut Adam's umbilical cord. So when I tell people that is my best friend, I mean, he's been my best friend since childhood. Naturally, I went nuts on him on, on the show, but then you ended up seeing him at Caroline's engagement party the next day. 
So you know that we're super close. I mean, we fight. He apologized. He knew he was out of line. He doesn't have children. And he doesn't know that there are certain lines you simply don't cross when it comes to people's kids, especially a child that you don't know. I think what people haven't seen is, or, you know, like I think even from this podcast, they'll see that you're quite level headed because I get it a lot. How are you two friends? You know, and the thing is, I mean, you even say I'm the Caroline Whisperer. And it takes time. You are. Figured on shows like this because it's kind of like a hot pot, you know, and we're all thrown in doing crazy hours with the same people that we wouldn't normally have this sort of, you know, intense pressure cooker sort of scenario. And I think, you know, a lot of times, like if you look at Nurei, we've been drinking all day, not that in its excuse, but a lot of times you're, you're just, you're not on your normal way of dealing with things. And I think, you know, when Sarah came at you that day, she didn't know you well enough. And then it was compounded with your friend kind of taking that, you know, them sort of ganging against you. I think you just went way too far too fast and yeah thinking there were just there's so many factors that aren't taken into account going on at the same time because you know the viewer doesn't know you well enough you know they don't know your history they don't know that you know that I mean anyone knows that you push a mama's uh, tell a mother she's not doing a great job as a mom you're going to get a slap regardless of what it is it doesn't matter it's just a no-no but I right. think you know that doesn't come across and I think the way you speak actually you know when you do speak and you're not irate, you know, when you're calm, you, you're very, very eloquent with getting across your point. You're more so, you know, we talk more so than me. And I, you know, I'm British. You really do know how to verbalize your feelings. Absolutely. Without going crazy is my point. Yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of moments in the show, people saw, they said, oh my God, she's unhinged. She's out of control. But what they're failing to realize is that we're on a television show and it is produced and it is, you know, pieced together and they're going to use the best moments that are the most captivating for TV. So when there are moments like this, where I'm just being my normal self, I wake up in the morning, have my green tea, I'm talking, I'm speaking to my team. Those moments don't make the show. Naturally, in the future, I'm sure things like this would make the show. So the other side of me has not been shown. It's only a side of me that's been shown that they feel like is entertaining, which would be when I have one too many glasses of champagne or a couple of shots of tequila. And then I'm absolutely the Tasmanian devil. I mean, I'm out of control. And I know I'm like that when I drink, but that's the fun in it, I guess. For the viewers, they're going to judge me, but I don't drink every day and I don't always throw back shots. I'm not always drunken in my friends' faces. That's not who I am, you know, on a day, I'm a mom and I'm an entrepreneur. I'm just like you, Caroline, you know, we're, we're moms juggling our business life and running huge corporations and businesses. And that's the side of me that the audience hasn't gotten to see yet. So it, it'll be interesting in seasons to come, the other sides of all of us that they get to see, because I don't think that they know this side of Caroline Brooks, you know, the normal side, the real me. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I think, you know, but I think, as you said, like it's a first season. It's important to have these, you know, these these things and these hooks and these, you know, what I call clickbait in a way. And it is another side of you and it is a side you're working on. It's funny. I mean, you you do go, you know, you're, you get triggered. And like we all no, get- I have a bad temper for sure. And I don't think that alcohol helps it in any way. So what happens is like, obviously, you know, when we're filming, we have excess amounts to alcohol and it's already a nerve wracking situation as it is. Like I I don't come from a TV world. I come from just me being a normal 
entrepreneur and mother and former actual technical housewife. You know, I used to be a stay-at-home mom and a wife to my husband. And I don't come from the world of having cameras in my face. So yes, maybe half of it was nerves on the first season where I would just grab a drink because it takes the ease off. But then I'm thrust into a group of my five other friends and a lot of them like to pick, pick and poke intentionally knowing, okay, she has anger problems. She, you know, she goes from zero to a hundred quick. Let me poke her. I'll poke the bear and, and then hide my hand. And that's what a lot of the girls did. And then that's what you see as a result on the show. You see me going nuts. If I could reverse time, I probably would have handled certain things better, but we can't. And, and we're here now. So <laughs> it is what it is. Let's go back. So you're in Belgrade. And yeah. does the thing progressively get worse then? Like when when did it become unbearable? What what exactly was the the you, you know, the the tipping point? It became unbearable in Belgrade. When we moved to Serbia, we moved there. We still had our homes here in Dubai. We went to Serbia because my ex-husband's mom was sick with cancer. And Adam was still a baby and that's her only grandchild. And, you know, we decided let's go support her, be with her, let her live in our home. We have a home in Dedinja in Belgrade, Serbia. And we were like, okay, so his grandma would live in the home and she would be able to spend, you know, her last final years or whatever we had with her, with her grandson, you know, and that meant the world to her. So what also happened, I didn't think of this, me leaving, I already had a volatile marriage, but I just wanted to stick it through. My family encouraged me to stick it through because I didn't tell them about the physical abuse, you know? So they were just like, nope, you're married. You know, I come from a very Christian religious family. Stay married. You're married. No divorce. You're going to tough it out. That's your husband, the father of your child. Stay there. Of course, if my family knew he was abusing me, they would have let me leave, you know, but they encouraged me to stay and I didn't want to tell them because I didn't want them to hate him. Now, me going to his home home country, I didn't put two and two together that I'm really not going to be safe. In Dubai, he has a sense of fear or could have had a sense of fear that if he goes nuts on me, if I call the police or something, you know, I'm protected. But in Serbia, he's Serbian. I'm just this American girl. He's Serbian and he has a lot more power than me. You know, he has the money, he has the power, he speaks the language. And I just wasn't, I didn't feel safe. You know, our fights got increasingly worse and I just didn't feel safe anymore. And, you know, I get this asked this a lot because I think you know, when I, when I got divorced, everyone's like, well, you, you got, you know, you come from money and it's easy for you. And it, you know, it's not easy for anyone. I don't care. But like, you know, how do you, and I, you know, from abusive marriage, this is something that I get asked a lot. You're out of your comfort zone. You're not in your own country. I don't know if you've got access to money at, your, at this point. You know, how do you get out? Because, and how do you know it's time to get out? Because women in your position and a lot of, you know, this is something, Caroline, that is, it's a big, uh, and it's something I can't speak on because I've never been in an abusive marriage like that. And I've never not ha had access to my own bank accounts. You said you gave up work to be with him right you you lived with him or you no that's so no no that's my that's the ex after that I gave up I never worked when I was with my ex-husband I didn't work I right. worked for him so oh, they, with my ex you're giving up everything you're giving up your yeah job, he took your care of me he took he had all the access of course I had access to our accounts too but he had access to everything he's the one who took he's the provider so yeah when I left I left with nothing 
but the shoes on my feet and whatever I can carry in a bag to get to the airport to get out of there. You know, our final fight was the final straw for me. You know, when I found that my child was hiding in a closet, you know, and scared for his life because of the screaming. And then my ex-husband threatening me and I'm also hiding in a closet. And then my mom is calling me and I, then I finally told my mom, my mom said his mother's intuition. She had a feeling something wasn't right. And I said, mom, how did you know to call me? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, oh, and then I started to just tell her what was happening. And then we came up with a plan. You're going to leave when he's not home and I'm going to book you flights. And I said, mom, you know, I had a long conversation with her and I knew she wanted to fly me back to Boston. In my mind, I was just like, I've, I've come all this way. I've lived in Dubai. You know, I've lived here all for like four years. I'm, I've done so much. I don't want to go home. Like, I know I could do so much if I just have my chance to go be independent in Dubai. I want to go back. And so I had a long chat with my mom and she agreed. I got her to book our flights to go to Dubai. She did that. She sent me money to my bank account in Dubai. She gave me a loan to get on my feet for six months. And she said, if in six months you don't get a job, you don't find out what you're going to do and stabilize your life, you're going to come back to Boston and we'll start from here. And I did it. You know, I came, my friends, of course, I have friends here. They helped me. I got a great job working for a property portal. And that was the beginning of my real estate career. So then you arrive in Dubai. Yeah, I arrive in Dubai and I start working for a property portal. And, you know, I, the property portal, I got a lot of success out of that. You know, I started to make great commissions. I moved myself out of the small apartment, got a penthouse in the Palm. And, you know, I was doing great. Then one of my clients from our portal who had like the biggest subscription package for me approached me and asked me, you know, to basically become the director of his real estate brokerage. So head out of the back end and come to the forefront. He said, I need you to teach my people the art of closing a deal. You're the, one of the best upsellers I've ever seen in my life. You know, have you ever considered a life in real estate? I said, I don't want to be a broker. He said, I don't want you to be the broker. I want you to direct my company. I agreed. Let's fast forward to, you know, maybe six, seven, eight months down the road into my now director's role in this top brokerage in Dubai. I had a client come in you know, a really big client. And he was a dignitary. I didn't know that at the time. And he was interested in buying several properties from me. And this is how I met my ex. So I was successful. I was thriving in real estate. He heard my name through different social circles. He didn't live in the country, but he is a major, major like real estate mogul. He owns a lot of real estate. And he came to me to buy some property. And I think when he saw me and we met, not only did he want to buy property, but at that point he was like, you know, this woman is beautiful. You know, he was, he was now already separated, I think, from his ex-wife for like three or four years. He had been in a few relationships before me. And then, you know, he flew me to Kenya and that's when we got together. And from there, our relationship began. Amazing. I mean, it's an amazing story, really, because... I think, you know, more than anything, it's kind of like, I mean, I always say it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Okay, we all come every everybody's life. It's all relative. Everybody has their ups and their downs and their struggles. But I think what it does show you, which is universal across the board, if you don't have falls and if you don't change something that needs changing, you will never know or you never have a chance to go forward. And yeah. you could have easily taken what was the easy route, but wasn't the easy route to stay in that marriage, which is what everyone wanted you to do, which is what most people do do, because you can't, 
visualize what your life could be like. You know, and that happened a lot to me with just people going, what's wrong with your life? I mean, you know, he's great and he is, but it just wasn't enough. Now, not enough as in things. I just wanted more for myself. And even if it meant having less of what I had, it was more for me. And I think, you know, what you did by doing that, you know, you didn't know what was going to be the other side of that, but you knew that you or believed in yourself that Caroline Brooks doesn't need a man. You knew how to go to work and whatever happened, which is what I said, I would always be okay. And you have proven to yourself and to everybody else that you will always be okay. That's it. You don't, a man, as I always say, the man is the cherry. He's not the cake. If you get a great exactly, cake. he's the bonus, isn't he? We we are the you know we build our cake, and then the cherry on top is any other additional love or value or whatever he adds to my life. But will I die without him? Absolutely not. You know, I I have a stable life, and I know what I want, and I know how to achieve it on my own. But great, it feels more rewarding when I do it with a partner. You know, so it's yes, I you know rings true to your title of your podcast, "Divorce Not Dead." I was divorced, but I certainly wasn't dead. I was ready to move on in my life. And that's exactly what I did. But I learned one lesson. My lesson was to become financially stable on my own first before I began a new relationship. So that way I knew if it did not work out, I would still be okay and my son would be okay. And that's kind of how it worked for me, you know? And so, yeah, when I started dating my ex, you know, our relationship was wonderful. We were flying everywhere around the world. We were doing all these amazing things. And finally, you know, he got to the point where he was just like, you don't need to go back every, every two weeks you're in Dubai. And then you come here for a week to see me. And, you know, he said, you can resign. And when he told me that I was just, I had to give it a big thought because I was so happy with all I built for myself. And I'm like, am I going to do this for a man? I'm going to like resign my beautiful position. And I've worked so hard to achieve this, but for love, you'll do things like that. You know? So I left the company. I went and spoke into this day the man who had that real estate brokerage is still my business partner. And Caroline, you know him as well. So he's still my business partner. We still do our deals together. Any real estate deals I do still with him. He respected it. He was happy for me. And then naturally, you know, men make mistakes. And the person who I thought I was in love with, which is my now ex, he cheated. And this is where that saying came from. It's expensive to cheat on me because I'll say, I'll be damned. I dropped my whole entire life to be with you, you know, and I let everything go that I worked so hard for. I proved my family wrong. I proved my ex-husband wrong. I did everything, you know, and then you're going to cheat. And then what, what happens to me? You made me leave my wonderful job and everything. And he was like, no, no, like this is my fault and I'm going to make it right. And he did that. That's amazing. And you're still friends today. Yeah. I'm friends with all my exes. They, they all work together. <laughs> they're, they're all friends. They're all friends. And that that's, you know, and, and now you're building your dream business and you've gone on to be extremely successful. You've got your own houses. You're building the glass house. I think you're a very, very, very clever girl. And you've got a lot of drive, Caroline. And I respect that. I respect that. I respect the hustle. I respect, you know, what you do. As I've said, you know, it's very different to be you know, even if you took uh, a settlement from one, they're now investors and they're investors Absolutely, in, you, they yeah. in you. And that's different. I feel very inspired by your story. And I hope that our listeners will. 
And I want to end on some listeners' questions for you that I asked everyone because I think that's a good place to sort of end the chat because I feel like you've come full circle and from that people are going to see who you are and understand more who you are because a lot of this wasn't shown or hasn't had time to happen or be told because, you know, these stories are important to understand why you're so driven, what makes Caroline Caroline and how you've achieved all this, which is what I think people want to know as a single mum, how you went from there to where you are today. It's incredibly admirable. So number one question, are you looking for a future husband? I'm not actively looking. I feel like the universe kind of just brings people into your life at the right moment. So I'm just letting life take its course. I mean, are you, because you've been cheated on before and you've had these kind of experiences, does it make you scared because you've, you know, you've been, had an abusive marriage? Does it, has it put you off or do you, you know, another question? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't hold on to those feelings. I mean, I'm in therapy and, and we go through these things where we talk about all of this stuff and I'm learning to let go of a lot of that. And the first step of that was my ex-husband apologizing and owning what he did to me. And now we're in a great place. He's so, we're so close. He's at my birthday parties. He's, you know, I've forgiven him, you know, for all he did. Uh, I'm not actively looking for anybody, like I said, but I do have trust issues naturally, but I don't want to bring past burdens onto new relationships. So hopefully, you know, when I find a new partner, you know, I don't have to carry any of those burdens into my new relationship. Everybody deserves a fair chance. People want to know what the difference is between your weekend home and your weekday home. Huge difference. So I'm currently in my, what we call weekday home, my weekend home. I haven't really been there for like two months. I only go there for like maintenance stuff, you know, to check on the pool, check on the house. That house, we typically rent it out. That house is generally rented out. So we were using that house at the time when I was filming because the house I'm in right now was under construction. So this house here in Al Safa in Jumeirah, my weekday home is in walking distance from my son's school. So that was the reason why I got this house was because it's in walking distance from Adam's school and it's absolutely stunning. And then the house that's a little bit further out has a pool. So we like that. We get to barbecue there. We get to swim. So we enjoy that home to have like hosting people. This home is not really for hosting people. It's like really my art gallery. This home is just all me. Careful how you answer this one, Caroline. Have you watched Ladies of London? I have. I got to see a few episodes of Ladies of London. Like when I, back in the day, I saw bits of it on TV in the States, but then When I knew we were doing Housewives together, I'm like, you know, I actually want to see more. And I'm so shocked by the Caroline you are in Housewives and the Caroline you were in Ladies of London. You're so relaxed now. Like, I'm just like, who is she now? She's so chilled. You don't really care. It's whatever. Like, if you say something to me, whatever, you just dismiss people. Like, before you were like, If they say something, I'm going to deal with it, right? You just don't, you know, you're way more relaxed. I think Sergio levels you. You seemed back then a little bit more confrontational. Now you're just like, I just want to explore the world. I just want to pack a bag. I just want to enjoy my life. I want to be in love. And I love this version of you. I love all of you, but I I just love where you are now. You're at peace. You're happy. 
eat, pray, love is, is the way we are right now. I mean, you're in Bali. You're definitely eat, pray, loving right now, aren't you? I mean, it's incredible. And I, that's another thing where I feel like people don't know that side of you. You are actually the voice of reason. People may think that you come off as, oh, she's dismissive. She's that. No, sorry. She's not. All the times that people see me getting calm in situations when we're on our show, it's generally Caroline whispering to me to stop, stop, calm down, take a deep breath, walk away. Nobody else would do that. That's the part of you that people don't see. You really care. And when you care, yes, you have a wall up a little bit. You don't let everybody in, which is great. I need to learn from you, you know, because I think I let people in too easily and then they're able to attack me emotionally. You pick and choose. I don't yet trust you fully, so I'm not going to let you have all of me, you know, and that's a really great quality. You know, you assess people's character before you allow them into close. And that is what, if people want to call that cold, then I think they're foolish. You're just protecting your peace. I'm protecting my peace. I think that's a really good line. And I think that it's also, you know, you have to, I've been doing this for too long. And I kind of feel like even when I was off the show, obviously I'm still, you're still sort of in the public eye. And if I listened to all the rubbish that was said about me, you'd be in a mental institution. So you just stay over your head. But I understand that that's hard to do and it takes time. And also I think because I was running such a big business, I was so stressed out in my normal life in, in England that here I'm like, you know, I work for other people now. It's wonderful. I mean, you know, it's it's great. I, I'm a master of my own ship. I'm like, I'm never going to put that myself in that much stress again. Why would I? I have my podcast. I have my shoe line. I do all this. I mean, you know, according to the rest and of yeah, the- can we be clear that you're not in like you're yes, you're an influencer. I see. I'm also Caroline will tell you guys. I'd make like little stupid snarky remarks when I was in confession. I was like, she's an influencer, but she's not that influential. Well, let's say this: she's not only an influencer, she's a mega entrepreneur in Dubai, and. Did that get shown on the show? I'm not sure. I don't I don't feel like it all got shown to the capacity of what you do. I mean, it's from the shoe line to the homes to to I mean the brand ambassadorship of of the biggest companies in Dubai you represent. You know, the biggest hotel chains you're the face of. The biggest med clinic in Dubai. We walk in and I mean you cannot walk three inches without seeing a poster Caroline's face on the wall. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I I don't mind that, you know, the underestimation from the other girls because they don't know me and why would they spend their time bigging me up? But at the same time, it's like, you know, I do feel that my audience is cleverer than that. They've been around for what, quite a few years. And the thing is, they've watched me. My lifestyle hasn't changed from Ladies of London. There's my home. I still own my home. I've still got, you know, I've been running a business for my whole life. You don't, if, if it was that easy to have, or what are they, if I was a freeloading influencer, if it was that easy, go get it, go get my lifestyle. You're welcome. Everybody go have it. Because they're all striving to have exactly what you have. And yet they are going to rip it apart. I, I that, that just screams jealousy to me. You know, because for me, I just watch you because I'm like, let me learn what she's doing because this is pretty cool. You know, instead they want to just poke fun at it and it just screams to who they are, not you. I've understood that. And I'm, you know, I am, I think the oldest one of you all, and I'm just going to put it down to age and wiseness and, you know, again, just watch them nip at my heels. Next, will Fedra join the cast? Everyone's asking. 
I don't know if Phaedra will join our cast. Uh, maybe she'll appear again because Phaedra is currently buying property here in Dubai as a holiday home. So as she's around town, I'm sure she will pop up and, you know, come say hi to us and, and we'll get to see a little bit more of her life here in Dubai, hopefully. Well, that know? day wasn't a great day for me, but I, I um, actually uh, have... Oh, the ski slopes? It was awful. <laughs> and what you all didn't see is I just come back from having my egg retrieval. So I actually wasn't allowed to ski. But uh, I think that, you know, she, you know, I formed a bit of a relationship with Phaedra now. And I think she she would be a great addition. No, no, I'm go- no uh, qualms from me. Bring her on. She's really she's a great she's she's great. You know, she's great. She's good fun, you know, and she says it like it is. And I love that. And you two get on really well. So it's it's yeah, she would be great. I don't know if this is aimed at you or me because we have the same name. Am I envious of your life or you're envious of my life? Are we? No, I'm not. I guess it's for both of us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not envious of life. I like seeing people thrive. I love that, you know, I'm, I know that next season we're going to actually walk in and I'm going to have my hair and nails done. I'm, you know, I, I love that. So no, I, I only feel good, good vibes. Likewise. I always cheer for Caroline. I'm, I'm always proud of her. We've always gotten along since the day we met each other. And I also want to just add something. I don't like that people call into question our friendship based on what they see on the TV show. You know, we are a lot closer than what I think people think. And when they say, oh, she's so disloyal to Ion and Lisa, it's like, I don't owe Ion or Lisa anything. Caroline is my friend and I'm not going to apologize for it. Well, this has been so much fun. This has been so much fun. And I've loved having you on, Caroline. And you can't wait to see you next week. And I hope that you inspire many women to take chances and to show people that, you know, something so terrible and so bad and so scary turn into something so amazing and life-changing and something that, you know, you made an, a, a better life for yourself. Can you imagine if you hadn't made those choices and been brave? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I, I do feel proud of myself and I'm happy and I thought of them learn from my ex-husband. I hope that, you know, he's happy to come on. So I hope we get to talk about that and have that open dialogue so people can understand there is, you know, hope in the future. You know, if you do, if you ever loved somebody to forgive them, you know, for what they've done. And thank you very much for having me on your podcast today. This was incredible. This was my first podcast and I hope we get to do more of these. Big kiss all the way from Bali. Love you. Bye. Have fun. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 